Coming up. Less than half of the homicides in Portland were solved. While someone may hold the answers, they're not providing that information to investigators. And as a result, victims' families have no answers either. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. We haven't even had a memorial service for him because there's no closure yet for my family. I mean, it's been almost a year. We are just not ready to say goodbye to him. Because you don't know who's responsible. Right. In 2021, the city of Portland saw a record of 90 homicides. Fewer than half have been solved, including the shooting deaths of 36-year-old Adam Arambidi and his friend Billy Peters. And I, I truly believe that who's responsible, this is probably not their first rodeo, or it definitely was not their last. It's not everybody in Portland that carries a gun that's going out shooting people anonymously. It's pretty much the same small group of people who are instigating it. I think that's an important point because by solving one case, you may ultimately be preventing another. Right, which is why I am so dedicated to trying to reach out to the public to provide tips because it's not going to bring my son Adam back, but it certainly might stop another family from having to go through the same grief and horror that we've had to go through. Kylie Boshi is a senior investigative reporter with KGW in Portland. Kyle, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. So you recently reported a story on unsolved homicides in Portland in 2021. Can I have you start by giving us the big picture? How many homicides did the city see last year and how many of those are actually being solved? Right. So Portland, like a lot of major metropolitan cities, saw a record number of homicides last year. There are roughly 90 homicides in Portland. And the troubling part about this is less than half have been solved. How does that total number that you gave, 90 homicides, how does that compare to past years? Um, It is much higher. And the challenge is we continue to see this level of violence in Portland. A lot of these are shootings. um, And it's something that we've had to deal with here, particularly during the pandemic. Again, similar to what we're seeing in other major cities, but it is challenging. And police say, listen, we don't have the resources we need to respond. That adds to the complexity of the situation. What are some of the explanations out there as to why there was such an uptick in killings in 2021? There's no easy explanation. I think a lot of people point, obviously, to the pandemic and the breakdown in some of the uh, support networks that were available pre-pandemic that um, folks didn't have the resources necessarily available that they would have during normal times. Um, We've really seen a lot of um, gang and retaliatory type shootings, and those are especially challenging for law enforcement because oftentimes people are a little leery of uh, coming forward or sharing information with police, which make those cases especially difficult to solve. Um, We're also seeing something fairly new, which is an increase of violence in the homeless community. Um, Portland is dealing with the challenges of those who don't have permanent shelter, who are living outside in tents or encampments. And we're seeing violence involving those living in that type of a setting. And that's particularly challenging as well. They say about 25% of the shootings in Portland, they believe, involve the homeless community. And then there are others. Um, Those could be domestic violence. Those could be related to other types of crimes, be it a robbery or something else where it's a person-to-person crime. 
all of these things uh, we've seen really kind of um, become more problematic over the past year or two during the pandemic. Right. Some of the, the societal problems that put people in unsafe situations, lack of housing, addiction issues, domestic violence, they're issues that that we know have been exacerbated by the pandemic. And of course, the 90 homicides and the dozens of unsolved cases, they're not just statistics. Each of those 90 individuals had a story, had a family, left people behind who, at the very least, deserve answers, deserve to know what happened. In your reporting, you looked closely at one of the unsolved cases from last year, the killing of a man named Adam Arambidi. Before we talk about his case, can you tell us a little bit about Adam? So uh, Adam was 36 years old. Um, He loved the outdoors, was passionate about it. He had some challenges in life, and his family will admit that, but he seemed to be on a better path at this point um, and had a lot of people who loved and supported him. But as you mentioned, uh, on February 27th, of 2021. Um, he was shot and killed along with his friend, Billy Peters. They were actually out for a birthday celebration. It was Adam's birthday. And so they'd gone to the Acropolis, which is a steakhouse and strip club here in Portland. But it was during the late night hours, about 1130 at night when they were going to leave and back out. And it's been reported that somebody pulled up behind them and there was some type of discussion, interaction, altercation, and shots were fired. Ultimately, both Billy and Adam, uh, were killed. And they don't know who's responsible. Um, At this point, nobody's come forward. Police strongly believe that somebody out there has information and they have not come forward. Um, But it's troubling in that there are answers out there. There's somebody who knows something who hasn't come forward at this time. I'll also add one other thing. Um, You know, we have the opportunity, sadly, to talk to a lot of victims' families. And the one thing that I've heard time and time again from these families is just they're looking for answers and they don't feel like they're getting anywhere. And that's part of the problem is that while they wait for a resolution in their case, they hear about the many other cases that follow up behind it. And they worry that resources are being spent elsewhere and, you know, police are spread so thin that ultimately their case may be forgotten. When you spoke to Adam's mother, Jesse Arambidi, what did she say it's been like to go now about a year at this point without knowing who killed her son. She plainly says, listen, there's no closure. Um, they haven't even held a memorial service for their son, Adam, because not knowing who killed him, who's responsible for his death, they don't feel like they have closure at this time. And it's really difficult for them. Um, again, they're waiting for the phone to ring. They're waiting for that email from detective to say, hey, listen, we've arrested someone. We have a strong lead. We have a clue. Um, But unfortunately, instead, she turns on the news and hears about that night shooting or another homicide in Portland. And so it's really troubling for her. She's really taken a pretty active role in this, one, in trying to investigate as best she can and find answers about her son's murder, but also uh, spread the word around the community that these cases need to be solved and they need witnesses to come forward. And we've got to do more in the community to raise awareness about the crimes that are occurring. Right. And you mentioned that familiar refrain we've heard from investigators in Adam's case that someone knows something. This didn't happen in the middle of nowhere. It happened outside, as you mentioned, a steakhouse and strip club. You have to imagine someone was around that, that somebody did see something. Exactly. Police know that. There's someone out there who has information, who may have actually seen the shooting and they haven't come forward. And that's particularly challenging in a lot of these cases. Again, 
less than half of the homicides in Portland were solved. And, you know, oftentimes witnesses scatter or they may be fearful of sharing information with police. And so while someone may hold the answers, they're not providing that information to investigators. And as a result, victims' families have no answers either. You mentioned the solve rate in Portland is just under half. How does that compare to the country as a whole? Is this a bigger problem in Portland than elsewhere? No, I see, think nationwide we're seeing similar trends. And again, the numbers are a bit dated because we rely on the FBI for the latest information, which is 2020. That's the most recent year that data is available. But it shows that nationwide, the solve rate for murder was about 54%. In Portland that same year, it was 47%. So we're not at the national level. We're, we're below the national average in Portland um, for a variety of reasons, really. You started to touch on this a bit already, but in your reporting, you talk about how part of the problem here is that the recent uptick in homicides has been paralleled by an uptick in shooting deaths and shootings are harder to solve than some other types of homicides. Can you explain that a little further? Right. So most of the homicide cases last year in Portland did involve shootings and they are difficult to solve for a number of reasons. Um, more specifically, because they are often connected to another crime like robbery, for instance, where the suspect and the victim, they don't know one another. They're strangers. Unlike a murder without a firearm, like a stabbing with a knife, uh, which is more likely to involve an argument between two people who do know each other. And so making that connection is much easier for investigators. Also, with, say, a stabbing being the example, you may have physical evidence left at the scene, whereas with a shooting, there's not as much evidence. Um, so that can be challenging as well. Right. So when investigators are stumped, maybe the first thing they do is, is interview people who knew the victim. But you're saying in a lot of these shooting cases, the perpetrator may have had no connection to the victim prior to that event. Right. And we actually looked at the numbers here in Portland, and it proves this. So last year in Portland, only about 32% of fatal shootings were solved compared to 65% solve rate for homicides without a firearm. What's been the reaction from investigators, from homicide detectives in Portland to this rise in homicides in 2021? Homicide investigators here in Portland are overwhelmed by the record number of homicides. Um, they have added more detectives to that unit, growing from about 10 to 18, but still they're working long days, working well into the night and even on weekends. For many of these homicide detectives and talking to them, they feel personal connection. They're seeing these cases through from the very beginning when they're called out to a crime scene, be it the middle of the night or early in morning hours, investigating, talking to witnesses, and then ultimately talking with the victims' families. And they feel a level of responsibility, not only to those victims' families to resolve these cases, but also the greater community. This becomes especially difficult when it's one after another after another. And so their caseload becomes much larger and it becomes really challenging for them to dedicate the time that they'd like to, to these specific cases. Additionally, the resources aren't there, they say. Um, oftentimes, they would call on maybe street cops to go out and speak to people and assist in investigations. Or maybe these officers who are out in their regular assignments may run into somebody with information and they can help to flush out some of these leads or some of these tips they don't necessarily have that because there aren't as many officers on the street here in Portland. And so it makes their job even more challenging as homicide detectives. 
what else are we hearing, not just from investigators, but from others in the community, city leaders, community leaders, activists? What are we hearing about other solutions? Well, I think we all recognize how serious the situation is. The mayor called it an epidemic as far as the number of shootings in Portland. And it seems like literally every morning we wake up and there are headlines about yet another shooting. Um, as far as what can be done to help prevent these shootings from occurring, uh, I think there really are a couple of things. In talking with those within the community, they say we need to dedicate more resources to community-based organizations. These are the people who are directly in touch with young people, particularly those who are involved in the shootings. And they can provide not only an alternative potentially, give them something to do or an activity that would take them away from this violence, but also act as a mentor um, to really guide them in life because many of them are lacking that. They, who are they looking up to? They're looking up to their friends who may cause trouble as well. And so they really just need some guidance. They need some someone to uh, hold their hand, if you will, uh, and provide some some help during kind of challenging times in their lives. Another thing in talking to investigators is many of these shootings in Portland uh, involve stolen guns. And it takes the entire community to help secure those guns to make sure they aren't stolen. Because oftentimes it's responsible gun owners who may leave them in a vehicle um, that's broken into or in their home that's not locked up in a safe and it's stolen and then it ends up being involved in a crime. And so from the investigator's perspective, that's something that the community do, can do to help. Law enforcement also believes they need uh, more resources and they need more officers in the street, not only to investigate these crimes, to, to be proactive and help to prevent the violence from occurring. Anyone listening to this who wants to learn more can check out all of Kyle's reporting at kgw.com. Before I let you go, I want to make sure we mention there is a reward available in Adam Arambidi's case. Can you tell us about that reward? So Crime Stoppers offers a reward in his case like many others, and people can report these uh, tips anonymously, and that's the important point, is anybody with information about his case or other unsolved homicides in Portland can t contact Crime Stoppers of Oregon. Kylie Boshi with KGW, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for something else to listen to, check out Vault Studio's newest podcast, Killer Cases, with new episodes coming every week. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.